Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Love, Lust, and Badass. So I am one of your hosts, the bearded one, CEO Hayes is in the building, <laughs> and I'm joined by the pretty one, Miss Tanya D. What's going on? Hola, guys. What's up, Hayes? How's your weekend? It's been it's been a week. That's all I can say. Like I was dead Saturday and Sunday. I was dead. I don't care what nobody you got said. died. I was the Grim Reaper was standing over the bed looking at me like we ready to go at any minute, nigga. Any day now. <laughs> any minute, we ready to go. Any day now. I yeah, get it. Uh, I yeah. get it. I, that's why I didn't hit you up about, like, I know we said rescheduling. Like, I didn't even hit you up about rescheduling. Because it, it started, it started, like, Friday afternoon. I'm like, I don't feel quite right. And then I woke mm. up Saturday, and it was like, while I was asleep Saturday, somebody ran my body over with the 18-wheeler, inflated it Are back up. Are you sure it wasn't the flu? I don't know what it was. Cause mm. I was, I, all I know is that it started off. It felt like a head cold at first. Then like my mm. body hurt for a minute. Then I had a slight fever and then I was dead. Like that's, that's how that was the process that it went. Through. Sound like the flu probably wasn't the flu exactly, but if anybody had the flu, you know, it's like, you're not human for that time period. You definitely in zombie mode. So I'm glad you're feeling better. And it was at one point in time I woke up apparently had a whole conversation with my daughter. I don't remember. She was like, you sat straight up and was talking to me. I was like, oh, was I? What did I say? She's like, I don't know. I really have no no idea what you were talking about. The spirit was talking. Yeah, that's all it was. Yeah. I'm glad you're feeling better and you're out and about and taking selfies and such. I'm glad you're in better spirits. I had I had to come back hard. I was I was I was out of the game for too long. So, you know, I had to make sure everybody knew I'm still the king of this selfie. By too long, I feel like it was like three business days, but <laughs> that's too long. That's too long. Neither here nor there. <laughs> Love. Love. Lust. Lust. And that's all. Before we get into our topics this week, I guess we should start off with, so on my podcast, The Awakened Soul, I posted a clip. I tagged you in it because I'm thinking my partner would just love this content. And my partner was like, no, nah, nigga, I don't agree with nothing you said in here. So let's talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, just, just recap the people on what you were saying. So part of the what I was saying in the video, the message was, is, is learn how to basically rechannel when people throw hate in your direction and use it to fuel your own success and to drive you to turn it into positive energies basically with the overall arching theme of the episode and the clip right so for me it's like one i feel like people are very obsessed with imaginary haters not saying it's you mm-hmm I'm saying people in general are obsessed with these haters that really don't exist in real life. It's a perceived hate to give you more of an influence to do something. So for me, it's like, I don't want to, because you can never turn hate into anything positive to me Mm -hmm. because at its its core, 
it's something negative. Mm-hmm. And when you say like use it for fuel to me, that means if that person fuels your success or motivates you in some mm-hmm. kind of way, whether that's you're using the hate, then you would have to contribute your success to them. You would have to credit them for some or portion of your success because you use their energy. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're reliant that they, they, they hate you so that you can use it as gas, as momentum, as motivation. And the truth of the matter is, what are you going to do when the hate's not there? Well, and, uh, what are you going to do? No, I'm just saying that hate can stay where it is mm-hmm. and it doesn't need to be acknowledged and it doesn't need anything because that's not going to help you in the long run. And if you're like, yeah, you know, if you're motivated by proving people wrong and if you're motivated by the anticipated hate of whatever you're doing, Mm -hmm. then it's going to deter you from the good Um, because you're going to start looking for the hate to convince yourself that you have haters. And sometimes that's a lot to jump, though, because you don't necessarily have to look for it. I'm just saying what if it's so somebody throws hate your way. What do you do then? What do you do with that energy? If somebody was to say, Tanya, that blonde hair looks like shit on you what would you do with it there's nothing i can do with that i'm not going to argue with you mm-hmm. i'm not going to yeah well i'm gonna just keep wearing more blonde prove you wrong mm-hmm. i'm not going to do that because if it feels content to me then i shouldn't be that impressionable to your hate meaning you can't start hating something and i start molding oh you don't like that i'm gonna come even harder i'm gonna well you you're 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 you know? making another jump, but what I would say is that even by you ignoring it, and here's what here's where I went into like I had a whole list of 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 ways that you do turn hate into into actual success. Even by you ignoring it, you're you're toughening your skin. You're toughening your skin to learn how to deal with criticism and to not not to let yourself dive into the negativity and get into a match of well, you don't like my hair, your clothes are ugly, or I'm gonna wear it. like even doing that. You're strengthening your resolve, which then is a positive, and you have you you have channeled that hateful energy that was thrown into you to something positive just by doing that. Um, I don't agree because I feel like it's a it's a personal job, and it's no one else's job. Whether it's hate or love, mm-hmm. it's no one else's job to motivate you. It's no one else's job. Whether you're using that energy to transmute it into something else that's beneficial for you. Mm-hmm. At a point, like I said, I feel like people have imaginary haters. So on the premise of just haters or people that don't like what you do, it's it's emboldening them in a way to me because it's like, oh, you're going to throw this at me. You're going to say these things or or, I don't like these mean things that you say. So I'm going to take that and toughen my skin or I'm going to take that. And but for me, if it's not constructive, like I can't use it. Mm then I throw it away. So it, to me, it doesn't have anything to do with hating or not hating. It's about, can I use this? Uh, like if it's constructive, mm-hmm. if it's like, Hey, I don't think the hair goes with your skin tone per se. I'll be like, no doubt. That's not that I'm using it to do anything else. It's like, that's what's up. And I feel like we, we get too caught up in what haters think. Cause I hear certain conversations with people. It's like, Oh, my haters. And see, that's that's a different thing. It's weird. That's, that's a completely yeah, and I and I agree with you. Like the imaginary hair, haters thing, I do completely agree with. Like people do form these fake obstacles in front of them to feel like they've achieved something. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when something's actually thrown your way and what you do with it. And I feel like 
we're agreeing while also disagreeing because I'm I'm and I even said this in the podcast. What you're saying, I did list as an example of how you are you are benefiting from you are becoming a better person by even doing what you said by doing nothing, ignoring it. It's still improving you as that energy isn't it. It's it's not thrown away. Or even if you are just throwing it away, you're you're learning how to then dismiss the 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 negative energy, which is still improving you as a person. I guess. But I just, I don't believe in haters. I just think that's life. And these are obstacles. And obstacles are going to always be there. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be a particular person, but that's just life. But labeling these things that create opposition as a hater or haters, it's just, I don't think that's real. I think they're just life obstacles that happens to everybody. And everybody's not going to like what you do and say and act. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't see that as hate. I don't see, even if somebody's under your comments, like, this is totally shit. I hate this podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't even see that as hate. It's just like, oh, okay. So there's no transmuting of anything because I'm not accepting whatever it is. You're I still guess. transmuting it because, and I, I, like I said, I think we're just, this is just going to be one of these situations where we don't agree. And that's fine. I'm not, because I'm not saying you're wrong for how you, I would never say that you're not wrong, but I'm saying that. <laughs> in what you're doing is still exactly what I'm like. That's what I'm talking about in my message that I was getting, getting across. Whether you, you call it hate or you label, we can take away the, the hate, the label of hate and call it something else. But still when that thing, when that stuff is thrown your direction and whatever way you deal with it in a positive way or even ignoring it is positive too. dealing with it or showing love back is positive too. Like there's a lot of different routes you can go, but when you don't get caught up in the responding to hate with hate it's positivity and growth that comes from sure this was me and tanya's first joint light skin moment where light skin people bump heads but it's it's all fine and in love. <laughs> yeah it's, well. just, it's just a, it's a it's a personal thing because i really do feel like people are too caught up in what other people perceive them I, as i, I definitely and, agree with that and so if you're motivated to me it was like if you're motivated by like a lot of people are motivated by proving people wrong you know you got rappers like that teacher said i wasn't gonna beat shit so now and look they, at me they now, writing the I'm same rhyme to, to, to they still have that teacher in mind 15 years later when they're sitting there right there bar. trying to that. prove her wrong sis is dead yeah <laughs> you know what i'm saying sis and, don't even remember I, she taught you like she's literally right. like like who to me it's like using that mm-hmm. And, and so that's what I, what I think when you're using negativity, you're, you're using this thing to fuel you. And to me, you don't need it. You don't need the fuel because it's already in you. You were built and born with everything that you need. It's just you take it for granted because it's free. You take your limbs for granted because you have them. You take your brain for granted because you have it. It's things that are outside of you that has a perceived value, i.e., um, labels and the cars and all those things. So you have people so hell bent on proving people wrong. And you thought I was going to be a failure, but look at me now. And, you know, geek to chic on Jenny Jones. Shout out to Jenny Jones and Sally cool? Jesse Raphael. Um, also, Ricky Lake. Um, Ricky Lake. Come on now. But I feel like all of that stuff, because sometimes that does motivate people. If, if people were very heavy set and then everybody picked at them and then they got skinny and got in shape, yeah, they say, oh, yeah, well, I took all the hate and I used that to motivate me to get fit. 
But really, the motivation came from you tired of being fat. Like you're just tired. And so you don't have to put that on anybody. You don't have to say, oh, well, this person caused me. Because that means when I get to success, I have to credit you. That means if it wasn't for your hate, I wouldn't be here because I used it to get me here. So I don't want to give anybody else the credit of my success or even failure because that's all on me. So I don't need the, the fuel. It's like it's already in me. But we can move forth and on. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Ten minutes into the, the podcast, topic? we can finally get into our content, which is we got some fun <laughs> stuff planned for you guys this week. So the first topic is this concept of love bombing and this one was an actual a, a new one to me i don't know if you've heard the phrase before but i'm just going to define it for anyone else who may not be familiar with it love bombing is an attempt to influence a person by demonstrations of attention and affection it can be used in different ways and can be used for either positive or negative purposes what do you think about that what do you think about that i mean i i can understand it i can understand like um and you know as, as i read further into it it's like it's kind of tricking someone into feeling like they're if 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 it's used negatively it's tricking someone to feel like they're in love with you by overwhelming them with with like a bunch of adoration or, or gifts and just talking about oh i i love you so much because of like and i can, i definitely think that it can be a thing especially to someone who has never really experienced love or hasn't really experienced a relationship for to have somebody to then come into your life and just like boost you up to a whole thing and then eventually let you back down. And that is the other part of love bombing. That's why it's called the bomb because they build you up and use you for what they can get out of you and that attention for building you up. And then the moment that there's an issue, they kind of drop it and they, they just leave you alone to deal with all of these feelings and to feel it all, uh, to, it, the, the fallout all on your own. That's why it's called love bombing. But what do you think? Um, I think that everybody does it mm. for their own benefits. Okay. And that's not to say that you're being malicious because this isn't about malintent, but everybody do that. In order for a man to get a woman's attention, he has to pursue her. He has to love bomb her. He has to overwhelm her with emotions and affection and, you know, to woo her. You know what I mean? Back in the days, this was just called wooing. I have to, you know, send those uh, good morning beautifuls. Uh, how's your day? Did you eat? Let's go do this. All of that is a form of seduction and manipulation. You're trying to get something from someone, mm -hmm. whether that's love, adoration, affection, uh, sex, whatever you're trying. Because I feel like we try to distance ourselves from things we think are negative. But the reality is we are participants. We do it. Yeah. Um, you do it with a job. You say, oh, yeah, I'm going to work overtime, girl. <laughs> person in excel you, you know you will say whatever is necessary you will overwhelm them you know what i'm saying oh yeah or the job can overwhelm you we have these benefits and it's a great work environment the culture is amazing we give out cafe con leche girl we do all this stuff and you buy into it and you get 90 days into that job and realize oh this is a shit show <laughs> so <laughs> We all do this love bombing when we want to get something. And I don't think that, you know, there is anybody that doesn't really practice this to some degree. Children do it. When children want something from you, they'll come sit in your lap. They'll hug you. 
oh, mommy, daddy, auntie, whomever I want, you know, they give you all the hugs and kisses in the world because they want something from you. Women do that to, to men. You want something from your man, you seduce him, you wear the perfume, you put lingerie, you do whatever it is to overlove them until they give in to whatever it is that you want. So um, I just didn't know it was a word for this. Like for me, that's just wooing a person, just trying to get them, persuade them to have an interest in you for whatever reasoning, but we all do it to, to some degree. Um, I mean, the, the only effect of the love bombing, like you said, is the after effects and the damage it may or may not leave from the expectations that were set. So if you text me every morning and you're love bombing me with emojis and gifts and, and attention and sending me selfies and, you know, you have so much attention, you go like every picture I have on social media your hard eyes, you're doing all of this stuff. And then that's why a lot of women have problems with men because men are really great seducers when they want something from you. When they get it, the melody just changes. The energy changes. That's the after effect of that love bombing. It's, it's creating an expectation that you don't intend to keep up. So that's really the only bad or downside to that is the expectations that may or may not be set. And then when you take that love away, the person is expecting the love. So yeah, and, and that, that is part of the uh, love bombing, too, is called the devaluation uh, phase. I believe is how they worded it. And that's when you do withdraw the love to still try to manipulate them more. So you, you love bomb mm-hmm. them with the positive to try to get them to do what you want. Then when that doesn't happen, you withdraw it in hopes that they, they will now do what you want to get go back to that love you were pouring into them before. Um, so it's definitely manipulative. I didn't think about the aspect before that you said everyone kind of does it to a degree because while I don't think everyone, more times than not, people do, especially if you want to look at it from the aspect of when you first get into a relationship, you do all these overly dramatic gestures that it's just not feasible to keep up. Like you're not even if your intention isn't malicious. It's just not Correct. feasible that you can keep that up for the lifetime of the relationship. So, um, yeah, it's, it's deep. And, you know, I, and I read it, too, that it's this is a tool that's primarily used by narcissists to very good effect. Um, I, I, it, your face says it all. Your face says, have you been with a narcissist before? I'm a narcissist. OK, um, I've been with a narcissist. Um, that's what I'm saying, like. I'm I'm not a person that's like, oh, that's not me. I don't do that. It's like, I totally do it. I do it currently when I want something. I have done it in the past. And when people say these names, narcissists, and they, they paint a picture of a person that's a narcissist and very self-absorbed. When you think about it, so are you. There is no other reason for you to put a selfie or video other than you want to share yourself with the world. That's a part of being narcissistic. If you didn't care about socials or whatever, you wouldn't post there. A part of being a part of social media is a part of narcissism. You want people to see how interesting, how attractive, how funny, entertaining, smart. All of those things are, you're promoting yourself. Mm. What other person promotes themselves in a narcissist? Nobody. So that's why Trump is the president of this place, because this is the country of narcissists, okay? Everybody feels like they're so important. They're so amazing. They're so, they're content. Everybody feels like that. So 
when people try to separate themselves, like, oh, it, I don't do it like that. You don't have to, like that. The variations don't matter. Mm-hmm. You do. And the more we accept that those negative traits in us and stop pushing it away like that's something so abstract, you don't do those things, it's going to be the farther you're going to get away from the truth. The truth is everybody does. Now, it's when you know when you're doing it and when you're not. Yeah. Narcissists think they're the bee's knees. They have no kind of introspection. They, don't, they are the shit and they don't care about anybody and every, anything else. I think those are true narcissists. But I feel like on some level, we all participate in the narcissism. But like the love bombing, again, we all do it. We all do it in different variations. Some people more than others. But do do less love life. bombing, do more sex bombing. That's 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 my thought. Hey, there's after effects of sex bombing too. <laughs> Look that up. <laughs> do your Googles. Oh man. All right. Topic two. This one was spurned from a conversation that kind of popped off in a group chat that I was just like. I really wanted to bring you in it, but then I was like, if I do, Tanya's going to be like, look, I don't fuck these people because I, I can really feel like you like boiling. <laughs> so I'm just going to add because there are some really like unreasonable things said in this. But can a woman be dominant sexually, but still be submissive in a relationship? And one of the comments that would have set, set you off that's, that was said in this, like, and it was it wasn't like a private group chat. It was going on on Twitter. But um, one of the things that were said in it is that. A man, one a dude said that there should be nothing a woman should be dominant over except cooking, and I was just like, "Yep, no, nah, Tanya doesn't need to be in this at all." Man, I don't <laughs> mind sexes sometimes; they're fun. But um, <laughs> it's like boys, boys say dumb things all the time. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that it is. It's it's very possible. It's very possible because um, I don't know. I guess it probably depends on that person's normal personality mm. because then i'll start thinking they have a personality disorder <laughs> if you know you're very let's say submissive in your regular life like you're kind of a pushover and people take advantage of you and you don't know how to stand up for yourself mm-hmm. and you're submissive in that way and then you get in the bedroom and you're like a dominatrix and then you get in a relationship and you're back submissive. <laughs> it doesn't seem quite start, bipolar. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I would start thinking like, mm, this, is a, this isn't adding up. But when you say submissive, like I think that another conversation that's not being had around submission is that it's a voluntary act. That is very true. It's not something that like, oh, I have to be this because that's how women are supposed to be. Sometimes you can just choose. Um there are times where you're in a relationship with someone that's more alpha. So you just kind of take a, you don't mind taking a backseat to that. You don't mind being led. You know what I mean? You can be submissive in the relationship by making a choice and voluntarily allowing that person to lead you because you trust them. And then going in the bedroom and treat them um, like your bitch. There's nothing wrong with that either. <laughs> you said that so <laughs> That's hard. what I'm saying. Like it's, <laughs> it's a choice. It's nothing that is, you know, demanded, you have to be submissive. There, I'm sure there are people in relationships like that, but that's a choice, whether you want to be submissive or not, because there are a lot of, like, dominant women who don't mind being submissive in a relationship, 
but they want to be down and again in the bathroom. I mean, bathroom <laughs> in the bedroom. I mean, hey, wherever hey, floats your boat. mirrors in there, <laughs> optics. Anyway, so and also there are men who would give their woman the world. They'll you know kiss the ground she walks on, but then when she get in the in the bedroom, um, he put her in a headlock and full Nelson, and I feel like that's cool too. It gotta be. So, if you're, you there's gotta, duality. You just gotta put them in a, in a good head, in a rear naked choke is what it's called, and that's when you like cut off the windpipe until like right before they die, and then you let it go. Right, like I almost kill, like we almost have to call yeah. EMT. Yeah, almost. just a little bit. Yeah, like ooh, <laughs> <laughs> you almost killed me, nigga. <laughs> ooh, gotta get my obituary set. Put all my cute <laughs> selfies on Instagram in my obituary. But no, it's like. There's duality in everything, and I don't feel like you have to choose. Well, if I'm dominant in the bedroom, I got to be dominant in a relationship. And it's like, no, you yeah. just make a choice because it's a choice. And some people like, like, especially like people who don't like have control in day-to-day life, they like having control in the bedroom. That's the thing that they can control and vice versa. Like, there are women who are businesswomen who run their, their own shit, and they got to be A1 boss lady all damn day and when it comes time to the bedroom they just want to let somebody else take over they they control it up in the relationship it's like especially women like there are certain jobs that require a certain level of stress and requires you to be a bitch if you're a man you just call being a great leader but when you're a woman you're a bitch bitch if you're in a position of power and so, you know, there were times I was coming home so fucking stressed from having to make decisions all day um, that when I get home, I don't want to make one decision. So when you're asking me, what do I want to eat? I almost get mad because it's like, you know, I don't know what I want to eat. Why ask me? Just keep suggesting things and then I'll choose from that. Yeah. But I don't want to make one more decision when I get home. And so I don't mind being led. I don't mind being submissive because I've, I've made so many decisions in my working day or different other relationships you may have where you have to be the leader and you have to be the dominant one or in charge. It's just a weight off as a woman to come home or be in that relationship and not have to be the leader, Mm. so to speak. And um, like I said, there's duality because the same way you still want to be submissive in a relationship behind closed doors and in the sheets, you a head honcho. So I don't know. There you have it. Yeah, and embrace the duality. Like it's not fun if you're the same way in every aspect of life. Mix the shit up. Otherwise, the life is bland. Like I don't care how in charge you are if you're in charge of every single aspect of the, at that point you're a control freak and it's not that fun like you, you you're losing out on some of the spontaneity and shit so also it's fun to just swap roles with your partner like it, hey listen you're always dominant i'm gonna take over yeah, these and every next now and then i like to be tied up too like it's every now and then tie my tie, tie my black ass up there you go and poke you in your belly button yeah, uh, that better be the only <laughs> hole you poking me in. Like that's <laughs> I look, making men uncomfortable with certain spots is is it's comical. It's comical how y'all be like, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't let, touch me. <laughs> let, let me find out you low-key dominatrix. Let me find out. I mean, you know what I'm saying? 
as soon as I get permission to do this OnlyFans, it's on and popping. Because I'm tired <laughs> of people making money without. I'm sick of it. <laughs> so, as soon as I get my permission slip signed. Oh, man. Okay. Well, be on the lookout for Tanya's OnlyFans page. Uh, Babe, you listening to this, please sign my filter form. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into the last topic before we get into emails. This one is men being intimidated by women's body count. And this one was inspired by another. So there was a young man, and it wasn't because he was like 43 years old. He was talking about women's body count. So I had to put it on here. Do you think, like, I, I, I got so much to say on this, but I'm going to let you take it. No, I want to hear what you have to say. Okay, so this is my thing. In, two, in the year of our Lord, 2008, motherfucking 20 can we please let go of this age-old bullshit ass standard that people have that women's value is determined by their body count let's just stop that shit like and i'm and, and again i'm not saying to go out and just pop it for the net for the for the first person walking down the street but i'm saying at the end of the day it shouldn't be about body count like we're all grown we're mature i don't even know why at the age of 40 is anybody even asking about body count just assume it's high it doesn't even matter. Like it's about the quality of the person, and if they're being safe, if they, are, if there's something in in the way that they're acting that you feel like unsafe by having unprotected sex with them, it doesn't matter the body count. You're just judging off the character of the person. Like it's just, I don't know. Honestly, it's just one of those things that I don't understand, and I feel like it's it's something that's been ingrained in people for so long, and another way to like wrong the woman for having any type of sexual desires like we did that for generations we try to have women suppress their sexual urges and everything else and it's just like come the fuck on man it's 2020 we got to do better. what an evolved being you are <laughs> um agree I, I just, any type of promiscuity that women have um is labeled as being a hoe <laughs> or you know oh your body count oh, you can't believe women, if they say whatever number, you multiply that by two. You know, men just started creating a whole calculator system of how to keep up with imaginary bodies they would never really know the number of. <laughs> so it's like either I'm a hoe or I'm a lying hoe. Because if the number is too high, I'm a hoe. If the number is too low, I'm a lying hoe. Mm. So to me, there is no winning. There is no number that will satisfy, satisfy a man's ego as far as being a woman, there is no number that's going to satisfy him. You could say three, and he's like, well, I don't believe that. So I got to multiply that by six and then carry the one and the dividend. You're like, wait, wait a minute. Why are you over here doing algebra over my um, genitalia? <laughs> also, you don't know the number. You don't know. And I just assume that people are sexually experienced. I don't care if that is, if you had sex 500 times with one person or you had sex 500 times with 70 people like to me sex is sex and so long as you are protecting yourself because we also don't want to be sharing things like the herpes and whatnot <laughs> shout out to usher though um <laughs> but we also don't want to share you know certain diseases and things like that so it's like yeah take care of yourself but um, I have definitely in my past met men who were like, so how many bodies you got? And it would tickle me to my soul. And I'd be like, nigga, I would never tell you. Like, 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 and just like, no, like, Hey, you know, do you want some syrup for your wife? How many bodies you like? It just came up in conversation like that. 
randomly. There was one guy. <laughs> we were watching infomercials. <laughs> I mean, like the one with the songs from the seventies and all the bops oh, wow. from, you know, completely unsolicited. <laughs> and he was like, "Man, I must have had sex with over 150 women." And I was like, "Like up until today? <laughs> like what are you? <laughs> what are you saying?" And also, how is this supposed to help you get vagina? How is this supposed to help you in this situation? Because I'm like, why would you even feel that comfortable to just tell me that? <laughs> yes, I'm going to judge you. And just... <laughs> I wasn't trying to be 151. <laughs> I was like, wow, why would you say that? You must have no intentions on smashing me. So uh, that won't happen. Because I just don't, now that I know, I don't want to be added to the collection. You out here catching poker pussy, and you're just <laughs> catching women. Gotta catch them up. And tell a woman you slept with over 150 women while also wanting to smash this one. That would have made you 151, just, so you would have been Mew. That's rare. That's a rare Pokemon. That's that's high, that's high quality. I'm a Jigglypuff type of bitch, and I just didn't <laughs> want to be collected. You know what I'm saying? That's not what I was trying to do. And he wasn't Ash, and I just didn't want to be a part of the collection. But I appreciated his honesty, and we were cool. So it's like, I don't ask because I don't want to know. If it's a man, and he's conventionally attractive, I'm going to assume it's at a disgusting number. I don't want to know. I just don't want to know. I don't use my imagination. I don't guesstimate. I just assume that you have had some practice. And for me, that's enough. Mm. Now, when the participants of your practice are people that I know or people that I associate with in a close circle, then yeah, that you, you fucked up your opportunity. But I don't, I don't ask those questions. And I feel like people who do are extremely insecure. Yeah, it's a huge sign of insecurity. It's ridiculous. But I have, I have a question. You, you know, you say shit that always makes random questions pop up in my head. So let's say, boom, I'm setting the stage, right? So, boom, you dating dude six to eight months. Y'all have already gotten down. You're getting pretty serious. You like this dude. Mm-hmm. You, you decide to take him to a random barbecue at one of your friends. And when you show up, your, your first cousin, they, they look awkwardly. She pulls you to the side. She's like, yeah, I used to mess with him. Are you quitting mm-hmm. the relationship at that point? Are you... Because you've already crossed that line, are you willing to try to see it through and see if you guys can still be together? What would you do? Well, I don't have any cousins that live in Florida, so I can tolerate. Um, It depends on the cousin, too. Because, like, to me, third or fourth cousin, I need a family at that point. (laughs) So it depends on the lineage of cousin. Mm -hmm. Um, But if it's my first cousin and... If it's my first cousin, then you're a close cousin, then that's going to create a problem. And I would have to remove myself from a situation because I won't know how to address that in the relationship. I don't, I just don't want that. It's too close for comfort. So for me, I would probably have to break it off. Um, But also still maintain a very high level of toxic communication. Um. You know, still calling, FaceTiming, but but we can't be doing this type of stuff. Oh, so okay. that's what <laughs> I appreciate your Wait, transparency. We're not supposed to be doing this. 
cousin fucker and I didn't know that. <laughs> but also it's not his fault. So it really depends. It depends on how that situation came about. If it was 10 years ago, I am not breaking up, especially if the P9 is great. No, I'm not going anywhere. But if it was like, oh, yeah, girl, that was like four months ago. It's like, oh, oh, then, I, then the answer is no. Then I'm going to have to remove myself. That's, that's too much fluid swapping and close to the family tree, and I can't do it. I can't. That's deep. All right. Well, <gasps> time to get into our break. When we come back, we'll be We'll be right back after this. Hey guys, it's your girl Back Easy. Hi everybody, it's your girl Joanne. Hey guys, it's Trell and this is The, the team. team. And we want to welcome you into our group chat where we talk any and everything from ABCs of sex to finding your passion. Catch us every other Tuesday on Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and YouTube. Because we lit. Take that, take that. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, so we're back with your emails and Tanya is taking the first one this week. So go ahead, Miss Tanya D, take it away. All right, people. All right, so we have a listener email. It says, it's titled, My wife confessed she cheated on me with one of my closest friends. I feel lost. Mm. See, it should have been a cousin. Mm. So, working hard to save our marriage, then wife fucks my best friend and bonds <laughs> emotionally with him. Wow, you started right okay. <laughs> You could have stopped the email right there. We ain't need nothing else. <laughs> Just coming right out with it. It's appreciated. Um, that did not have any punctuality because this person was typing like Kermit, you know, that gif of him typing fast as hell. That's what was going on in this email. Anyway, wife and I have been married for 13 years, have two daughters, 10 and seven, and have been together for 19 years. Like many old couples, our marriage was slowly going adrift, but I thought we were still a strong couple with good communication. We have been to a couple of counselors to address our issues. That's very good that you are open to that. Um, after our confession, I feel like I have been betrayed twice. It all started under my roof during my birthday party. Damn. Oh, shit. Oh, God, I already feel bad for you. <laughs> um, so it all started under my roof during my birthday party when they apparently hid to kiss. Then they dated for the last month. In the meantime, I spent quality time with my wife and this exact same friend held big holiday parties with them. You might want to know that I do not live in my native country, so my circle of friends is like my chosen family. I am so pissed. This definitely sounds like some 90-day fiancé type shit, mm. but I'll get to it. Um, I can't help but think I'm responsible for that by neglecting my wife. I am hyperactive, workaholic, university professor. I also co-own a small company and sometimes take contracts as an actor, model. Wife and I, plus counselor, had agreed that we should spend more time together as a couple. Recently, please don't judge us. I'll try. <laughs> um, my wife also suggested that we try opening ourselves to other stuff, like fucking a stranger, to spice up our almost dead couple. What? <laughs> almost dead couple and wake up our inner pulsions. Don't do that. Um, I agreed. Never would I have thought that she would be open to something like that. Being jealous as hell when I am not home. But now I understand that she was already seeing the guy and that he might not be just a fuck friend because she is probably involved emotionally with him from what I understood. But at the same time, she confessed to me because she feels lost. Should I give up on her? Them. This guy is figuratively dead to me. Should I forgive and go for it to save my family and pretend 
it is just one of those extra adventures that we that we allow ourselves to have. Should I just wait and see? Listen. I'm going to call you Jim for the sake of conversation. <laughs> Jim, oh God, I hate to see these situations where people have been together for so long and they hold that um, as reason to fight for it. Like, well, we've been together for 15 years. It's like, yeah, girl, but if you were in hell for 12 of them, what are you holding on to? I have no idea. And I know this is a marriage, and I have not been married and or divorced, so I can't really speak to that. But what I can speak to is being a person and having boundaries. And if your boundaries are being crossed multiple times by your partner, and this this best friend or this person, and you're under you're aware that this is a an emotional connection mm-hmm. rather than just sex. It almost makes me wonder. Well, if it was just sex, would you just put up with it? Yeah. Is it because it's an emotional factor that you're feeling lost? Because to me, it's like you are already violated. And I know he said, uh, been together for 19 years, married for 13 years. They have kids. And I understand, and it's not as easy to just be like, well, just break up with them. But in this case, it's like if you've gone to a counselor, they've offered alternatives. Um, at your birthday party, they snuck off and toned each other down. And God knows what else, because this is what she's feeling open to communicate and express to you or confess to you and or the counselor. But a lot of times when people confess, it's only a portion of what they did. It's only did. the tip of the iceberg. Because if you knew the exact things they were doing, you would be repulsed, and they know that. So they'll just give you a sample of what the truth is in this halfway-ass confession. But you already know that there is an emotional connection between your wife and this person. And that's not an open relationship. You didn't agree necessarily. So to me, I don't see that the counseling is helping because you're writing us. We're not professionals at all, but it's to the point that I think that there is a separation that's necessary and if you haven't watched Marriage Story on Netflix, please do. It is a great little movie there. And it does yet. speak to certain things. It's great. Okay. It's great. Um, but there are times where you're just growing apart. And it's like, I remember this quote was like, you're trying to keep together what God himself is trying to pull apart. <laughs> and you're just, but it's been so long and I spent so much of my life with this person. It's like, Sorry to tell you, but I don't see that time as wasted because you learned, you grew, you had children. I said, but this is a point where you probably need to separate from this person because they're undervaluing you. They're doing these things at your birthday party. She's ready to be out here. And I think that a lot of people go through when they've been in relationships since a young age, like they feel like they never really had time to just be out there doing what the fuck they wanted to do. And the problem is, is that if she feels that way, she needs to admit it to you so you guys can both go your separate ways and, and do whatever you need to do to make peace and you guys got children together. But by that, if she kissed your friend at your birthday party and then you guys decided that you were going to 
have a threesome with somebody random and it was a fuck buddy that she was already she's out here that's what she is telling you what she wants to be she wants to be out here and from a it was a great philosopher said um if a hoe want to hold then let her go <laughs> um <laughs> so it, that's what i'm saying like you can't struggle with you're noticing that this person is pulling away from you sexually, emotionally, um, and that you have a lot going on too. Mm-hmm. You're a professor, you have this company. And I know that sometimes when things aren't working out, you start to think about where you're contributing to that. Or maybe it's my fault. Or maybe I'm working too much. Or maybe when she say, give me more, I just ran out of dick. There's more <laughs> things that she wants, but I can't fulfill. And it's like, I don't think that's the case. I feel like you just need to separate yourself. That person can um, do what she does. And it gives you time away from your wife to figure out what you want. Because it seems like you're so consumed with with her and what's going to make her happy. And what's, you know what I mean? It seems like he's very concerned. And I understand this is your family. You don't want to rip your family apart by the scenes. But it's already ripped and go. it's already in shambles. Yeah. It's just separate. Yeah. Figure it out. Maybe I can come together in the future. But right now, you need some distance from this bitch. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. You need some distance. That's a fact. Um, yeah, I got nothing else on that one. I think you killed it. So our second email was very sensible until we got a message that we're just going to go ahead and scratch this whole second email and get into this. So somebody messaged us saying Mm -hmm. that their boyfriend admitted to them that they love sucking dick. And she wants to know, how does she proceed? (laughs) What does she do? (laughs) And this is why I purposely did not change our list, because I'm like, I need to see your faces. (laughs) So, yeah, apparently her boyfriend admits that she that he just has. He he loves the feel of dick in his mouth. And he told this to his girlfriend. So she just she's wondering how what do what do how do they move forward? I in my mind I'm saying Okay. Um, I, I mean joint activities are good for relationship building. Suck a dick together. I don't know. <laughs> Let me tell you something. A dick a day does not keep the gay away. Uh, I I'm flabbergasted okay the fact that okay so this is something he confessed to her like yeah, he told he her flat that I told her that I, I, this is just what she said she, I didn't get any other uh, nothing else was ironed out Um, just that he admitted to her that he loves sucking dick so I don't know if it's something he's currently doing maybe he did no, it in no, the past he's currently doing it. <laughs> there's no doubt about that that was like right before the conversation. Like, you know what? This dick sucking is getting to a level that I need to converse. And, and, he's, pro- and he's probably like, you haven't smelt it on my breath this whole time. Like, we've just been sitting here. Be like, my mouth smell like PD. <laughs> you didn't know? Okay. <laughs> what? So, <laughs> um, okay. One, wow, you guys have a great connection because he feels comfortable enough to just share those things. So that's a plus. 
Um, but as far as one, he's already cheating on you, right? Or the person is cheating. If they're telling you this is something they like to do, mm-hmm. like in the present tense means it's presently going on. Liked with a D means in my past, my past or at a time. So if he said this in present tense, then you can be certain he just did it. Now, if the question is, what should you do? Do you involuntarily want to suck someone else's penis? Because that's what kissing is like. That's what kissing is like. Um, and also, it, it, you know, it, that, for me, for me, it would create a, a deep insecurity because it's so while you're licking on me, something in my mind will be like, wow, this is not doing it for him at all. He doesn't like the taste, the smell. This is this is probably just not what he wants. And I don't want to be ignorant of sexuality because, of course, you can be fluid. Of course, you can like male and female. Um, did I tell you? And I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm saying that to be in a heterosexual relationship and to confess that you like as a man, you enjoy fellatio and uh, giving it to other men. And that gives me the impression that that is what gets you off because it's enough for you to tell me. That means that that desire has to be so strong that you're like, I got to tell somebody, mm-hmm. even if it's her. <laughs> this is what I enjoy doing. So for me, I'm way too insecure to deal with that. Mm-hmm. I'm too insecure to deal with that. So I would definitely have to remove myself but again, I don't have a lot of context for that. I don't know how all these people are. I don't know how long this is going on. I don't know if it was like a dick sucking trial period. And maybe it was like, I like it. But, you know, like, you know, on some tank type. I don't know. I, all I know is I'm too insecure. I can't speak for anybody else. But there's something to be in the back of my mind. Everything you do is like. Wow. You gonna get your hair cut? Huh. Are you? Are you gonna get your hair cut? Could you imagine a dude admitting that to you and the next time you see him like in the morning like he he reaches right for a banana? You're gonna be like, ah, ah, you wouldn't eat a banana right now, huh? I would just... mm, He could be doing basic things that have nothing to do with something penis-shaped. He could be washing dishes. (laughs) Dishes round with dick. Hmm. Is he doing it because of the D emphasis? You know, I'm just ridiculous. So it's like, don't tell me I'm a horrible person and I'm, it's going to be in the back of my mind forever. I'm never going to forget it. And God forbid, don't piss me off. <laughs> Do not piss me off when you confess something like that. And it's very similar to, well, not similar, but that's why, like, there's certain fetishes I can never get into. But, like, like example, like, people who like being pissed on, because we can never argue again after I pissed on you. Like, because the next time you you try to get loud with me, I'm gonna be like, oh, you wasn't talking all that when I was peeing on your ass, though. Right. The sprinkles hitting the bottom of your lip, and you wasn't saying nothing, <laughs> but now you have a lot of lip. Interesting. <laughs> I'm that type of petty, and I know that, so that's why I don't feel like I'm mature enough 
for someone to confess that to me and me not to judge them. That's just being honest. And as a heterosexual woman, not interested in fluid men, I would take issue with it. But as a woman, if you if you feel like, hey, man, people are people and love is love, then, hey, carry on with your relationship. Maybe want to get a couple Altoids, mouthwashes, just add a couple more things to add in the crib to make you feel more comfortable. But if you're fine with it. And I think like, to, and I know this is very funny, but to take like, because I, I, I want to give some type of serious uh, for me, because I've just been making fucking jokes after joke. Um, make sure you leave yourself the gap that you do have the right to change your mind. So if for some reason you decide you can't get past this, you're going to try to or whatever. Don't three months from now say, well, I said I was going to get past them. Just no, you have the right to change your mind. So if you wake up a day, eight months from now, you're like, you know what? I'm not OK with this. You have that right. You might have a dream. <laughs> and you wake up like, actually, this doesn't sit well with my spirit. <laughs> I let it marinate, but I can't get past it. Yeah, you definitely have the choice to change your mind. You also shouldn't feel pressured to give an answer right away. Yeah. If you need time, I think a lot of people do that. A lot of people drop bombs on people with confessions. Answer or, me now. You don't tell. You got to tell me now. Right. Do- no, I don't have to do shit right now. I'm going to let it marinate and I'm going to get back with you. Don't call me. I'll call you. Yeah. But I don't, I feel like that's fair too. A lot of times people just want, okay, yeah, I confess this and I should get credit for being honest. It's like, no, you shouldn't. <laughs> you were honest with me because there was a point you feel like you had to. Yeah. Not something you want to do. You felt like it was necessary, that it was maybe creating some friction in the relationship or, this person wondering why you're pulling away. So many things could be happening while a person would confess to something they wouldn't ordinarily tell. So if it's something to that extent, then that's something that's been going on with them for a while. And just because that person confesses these things to you and like, okay, so what's going to happen with us? Like, child, I don't know. I'll see you in a little bit. When I figure it out, when I feel better about it, then we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, so also, yeah, don't feel forced to have an answer right away. There you go. That's it. Uh, well, I got nothing else this week. This is a hell of a show. Hell of a show. I, I like the way this came <laughs> together. I want I do want to thank Mary J. Blige for being able to fill in for Tanya D this week. I definitely. <laughs> Crispy chicken, fresh lettuce, three cheeses, fresh chicken. This is how Mary did in the video. <laughs> I know. Like, has you ever seen somebody who's been who performed legit like for thirty years and never learned nothing more than the same two step? Look, let me tell you something. Her and her boots don't give a fuck about <laughs> what y'all got going on. She don't care about choreography. She don't care about five, six, seven, eight. She don't care about any of that. Miss girl, get right on stage. Give you a little a stumble. Two steps. Three paces to the right. One kneel. Four paces to the left. That's all she's going to do. That's all she... And I don't mind. But I also... Like, does Mary J. Blige sing for real? That's... You know to what? you? No, she doesn't. Let's just be... She doesn't. Um, before we piss people off, it's time to give them your social media, any parting words, anything you got. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I can be reached on the Twitter machine at I am Queen T. I am Q-W-E-E-N-T-E-E. 
And uh, my YouTube and podcast would be premiering in less than four weeks. I'll be dropping a date soon, but I'm very, very excited for my adulting. I hate it here. YouTube and podcast because no one knows what the hell we're doing in adulting. We're just winging it. So um, I'm excited for that. Oh, also with uh, the organization, the nonprofit organization that we're spearheading here in South Florida called Obsidian Power Productions, which I'm a part of. We do health walks every Saturday at McIntyre Park. I don't know the address by heart, but I'm going to drop it on my IG story. Um, first six people to RSVP is going to get a free yoga mat. There's going to be yoga in the morning, so it's going to be fun. We just want to get people out and about and more active this year. So that's all for me. Hey, and I thought I was busy. You you be working, but I'm happy for it. I can't wait. It's cool the, started. I can't wait, <laughs> wait for the uh the launch of your new podcast. I'm really really excited for it. So I can't me wait. Too. <laughs> well, you crazy people, you can follow me at CEO Hayes. That's at CEO H A I Z E. You can also follow us collectively at Love Lust BAS Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, lovelust and BAS at gmail.com. And lastly, if you happen to want to send us any voicemails, you can send that to 614-547-2039. That was all off the top of the dome because I am a professional. This I is, see that. <laughs> this has been okay. the number one adult podcast in all the land. We'll see you lovely and beautiful people next week. Peace. Ciao. Dear love, I was thinking how I should be starting this Magnificent ways to light your life up like an arsonist From a hardness, tickling your funny bone when we start to kiss Marvelous how I see you in the cut Chilling with your homies, getting fucked up I got fantasies, are you carrying me home? Hope that you're staying alone I'm meant to give them pleasure, echo when the rhythms of my manly moan Don't be playing me wrong, I'm too grown for games Mental manipulation ain't the occupation for the player you facing I'm strong, plus you see it, don't be really quite coming on the same Holding your body fluids with every word that curves Girl, you deserve some urban company to be with Fuck whoever you was gonna leave with, I'm who you should see shit I'm talking some love, I got him in these shit Who you should be with, your body I squeeze quick the sheets in your arms will see, so don't be alarmed If I'm making you feel good all over Cause I was dropping the bombers, physical and beyond Even though niggas in the hood is all soldiers You still a suffer the consequences, the business Thinking about becoming my wife If I rock you tonight, you be the love of my life Cause I'm hugging you like I'm hugging the mic Plus I'm the one that's rubbing you right And able to stick my tongue on bigger neighbor to lick Till you drop, even though I like to stick the twat I'm realizing it's a variation of ways I can get you high I meant to learn you, so pick the spot I get pleasure to it, but let me hush and make the lust get a check I know you don't want me to hit a check But don't be acting like it's a crime, cause it ain't been committed yet But baby, won't you let me get it one? Get it with Give me some hanging out of Zay Let me take your body after the party Bring your pleasure when you come on, let me Let me saturate your body with honey And it up, stick it up By the rhythm to let it rub Is it enough to Now Negro, what's your steelo? You want to get with me though?